0: Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Look at your neighbor and say, All diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. How many of you guys know, man, life has issues? How many of you guys know people got issues? Come on, let's be real. How many of you know you got issues? I'll tell you right now, there's a lady sitting on the back row right now wearing a Packers jersey. She's got issues. I walked into church this morning. There was some guy up on stage for band practice who had a 49er jersey on. How many you guys know he's got issues? And I'll just have you know, if you have a Raiders jersey, you are part of my family. God bless you. Keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. If you're taking notes today, I'd like to speak to you on the subject of the heart matters. The heart, it matters. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Let's pray like we always do. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Daryl, you just missed the part where I made fun of every other person in this room who did not like the Raiders. The anointing is now coming to this place. Daryl and Lindy, the rest of you guys, listen. I know it might be carnal for some people to talk about sports, but... um, you know, some, some of you have weird quirks too, okay? So we just don't broadcast them up here. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, Jesus is dealing with an issue of the heart. Like we talked about in Proverbs where it says, guard your heart. Other translations would say, protect your heart. For out of it spring the issues of life. In other words, if there's issues in your life, it's going to be directed back to your heart. How good your heart is. How bad your heart can be what your heart is towards other people, how you feel people's hearts are towards you. The heart is a big deal. Now I don't have to tell you physically that your heart is very important. If your heart is not functioning, you're not probably living a really great life. <laughs> if it stops functioning, you're not living at all. In the, in the physical, like the heart's a really, really big deal. We, we know that. But in the spiritual life, in our spiritual lives, it's just as important If not more. If you think about it, eternity is going to be when this heart stops breathing. But the condition of my heart, how I guard my heart, what I do with my heart in the spirit goes well beyond what we have today. Goes well beyond the stuff that we have to deal with with people. And everybody said, your heart, your heart matters. The condition of your heart determines your spiritual life. And so when you see the book of Proverbs, Solomon's saying, look, guard your heart, he's foreshadowing or in a way prophetically speaking into the words that Jesus would say later on, which we'll read today on why you've got to keep your heart right. Now let's just be real, open, honest. How many of you would say, let's have some fun today, how many of you would say actually with lifting up your hands that keeping your heart right towards people you disagree with is a challenge? Show of hands. Awesome. You guys are such a truthful bunch. Some of you did not raise your hand, but you smiled at everybody else who did. Uh, but I, I felt your head go like this, so you got it. Man, why is it so hard to keep our hearts right towards people that we disagree with? It's a difficult thing. Jesus speaks a lot about that. Matter of fact, man, did you notice in the Bible how much the Bible talks about how to actually manage conflict with other people? Did you know, did you know that? Because Jesus knows that if you don't understand that's your brother or your sister in the Lord, that you are missing the mark. That, that, that when you look at a person who rubs you wrong, who does not agree with what you agree with, that that's your brother. That, that one day, should you keep your hearts right before God, you will literally be worshiping at the throne of God with that same brother or sister right next to you that on this earth you might have held resentment towards because they didn't think how you thought. Or they didn't think how you think. How many of you guys know in the climate we are in today? It's very easy to do that. Now, I, there's a lot of things I want to say right there. You ever wake up in the morning and go, I have something to say to someone right now. And by God, they're going to hear it. You ever done that? Don't look at me that way. You know you have. You've thought about it all night. Matter of fact, you've thought about it so much, you dreamt about it. You dreamt about the conversation you were going to have with that person when you got face-to-face with them on why you disagree with what they do and why they should be doing what you do. That's a really rough heart. I, I think when you go back to this whole series, the Bible is a unified, uninterrupted story that leads to Jesus. Some of you guys, is Pastor okay? He didn't say that at the beginning of the message. I'll weave it in. But it's amazing to me how the words of the Old Testament bleed into the New Testament. It's amazing to me how Solomon would say guard your heart and how Jesus is going to say here in just a moment in in our scripture today on the parable of the sower just how important your heart is. But I want to do something real quick. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. You say, Pastor, are you done? (laughs) Some of you wish I was. (laughs) Seriously, real quick. How many of you would say, moment between you and God and me, because I'm looking, that your heart towards people lately has not been what it should be. I want you to raise your hand. Okay, you can put it down. Your honesty is so awesome. Can we just take a moment before we go any further and just ask the Lord to forgive us of the way that we have judged people, of the way that we have looked at people who do things differently than we do, who say things differently than we say. Let, let me just talk your language They wear a mask. They don't wear a mask. Uh Uh-oh. They say you should do this, but but you don't want to do that. And Here's why they should. Can we just take a moment, especially if this is for us, and say, God, would you forgive me for not having the right heart towards people? Would you forgive me for maybe judging somebody who's coming off of the worst day they've ever had. God, would you help me guard my heart and not be so quick to judgment? God, would you give me patience? God, would you give me understanding? God, forgive me. It's in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Now hear me real quick that does not mean that you can believe what you believe. That does not mean that you can't have an opinion. It does not mean that you can't do some research and come to a conclusion on your own and say, you know what, for me, this is how I feel God leading me. Doesn't mean you can't do that. But once you come to that conclusion, or you come to that place, how you treat somebody else who hasn't come to that same place is important. I cannot tell you how heavy this portion of this service has been on my heart all week long, because I know we're going to disagree. You're human. I'm human. We're going to disagree, guys, okay? So here's what I want us to do this week, especially as we talk more about this. As we talk about this idea of guarding our hearts, asking the Holy Spirit on when I should speak and when I should not is something that I want you to do this week, amen? I want us to have the right heart towards people. Be bold, but be kind. Can we we do that? I feel that's a word from the Lord for our church and those that call this place home, whether in the room or online. Let's be people of God who walked this earth like Jesus walked this earth? Who who, who peacefully did all they remember what the Bible says? At the best to the best of your abilities, what it says in some translations. Walk with each other. Love each other. Amen? Okay, so Old Testament, New Testament, we're gonna guard our hearts. Take your Bibles, go to the book of Mark. Okay, Mark chapter four. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you how the condition of your heart. And the parable of the sower is detrimental, if not massively important, to the way that you conduct yourselves on a daily basis. Because there's conditions of the heart that all of us have at different stages in our lives that we have got to understand there is one heart to have. There's three that we're going to talk about today that we do not want to have, but there's one that we do. And so what happens is, is Jesus gives us this story. Now Jesus here is specifically talking about the condition of our hearts and how it affects our spiritual response. Now how many of you would agree though when you're off spiritually it's very hard to be on relationally with people. Does that make sense? In other words when me and God are on a different like we're not God and I aren't doing this together very well I'm probably not patient with you. I mean, I I hope I'm patient with you. Um, Let's put this on you. You're probably not patient with each other, (laughs) okay? Like when you're off between God, when you're not in your word, in prayer, worshiping church, serving, all that stuff, it's amazing how it's very hard to get along with people. I know I joke about this a lot, but it's like being at odds with your spouse, and yet it's time to pray together. Is that difficult for anybody else? No, you got quiet there. Yes, it's difficult. So what I'm saying is if you're not good with God, it's very hard to be good with other people. Jesus is having the same response. Mark chapter 4 verse 1 says this. And he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables. This is important. This is important for us to understand because Jesus is actually changing the way he does ministry here. This is like a revamp of a church. The way that Jesus is starting to speak in parables at this particular point in his ministry is actually different than the way that he started. And so he said to them in his teaching, so again, Jesus is on the Sea of Galilee, he's on the shore, but there's so many people, there's no more room. He picks a boat. He goes out from it, which creates this ample theater of people. And it's amazing if you've ever been there. You'll see this to be true. I've been there twice, and it's amazing. Jessica could appoint. So could Lori. But if Jesus was speaking on the Sea of Galilee, it would amplify his voice off of the water to where the whole crowd could hear him. Keep in mind, there's a lot of people there, or else he wouldn't have gone into a boat and pushed him, himself off. So there's a lot of people. So Jesus is he's teaching in parables. Now I want to take you to Matthew real quick so we understand this on why Jesus is doing this. On the screen, Matthew 13 verse 34. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables and without a parable he did not speak to them. Now pause there. He spoke in parables and if it wasn't a parable he did not speak to them. When I say Jesus changed the way he did ministry This is how Jesus started speaking from this point on. He spoke in a parable. A parable is in a comparison used to illustrate a truth. But here's the thing. It was a truth that was memorable, but unless it was explained, nobody understood it. Now watch here. This meant that if you were the listener and Jesus was speaking, that Jesus would say the parable... And then he would conclude. He would not give the explanation. Now watch here. This is important for all of us. The only way Jesus gave the explanation of the parable is if the listener decided to ask, what does this mean? Do you see the responsibility that Jesus is putting on these people? He's saying, look, here's the deal. You all don't want to listen to me. You want to know why Jesus started to speak in parables? It's because they started to get hostile towards Jesus. They, they started to call him uh, anything but the Messiah. The persecution on Jesus and his ministry was starting to take place. So Jesus, in a way, says, okay, well, look, here's the deal. If you're not going to receive my teachings in simplicity form, then I'm going to speak in parable form. And if you want to know what it's about... You're going to have to come and ask. Can I just tell you how important it is that when we read the Bible, that we pray to God, the Holy Spirit, would you please help me to see, God, what you are trying to say? Because if you do not do that, you would probably agree, and I would probably say, there are things that I read in the Bible that I just do not get. Anybody else? Which is a lot of the reasons why people stop reading their Bibles altogether. And then they say, well, it's just too hard to understand. Here's the great gift of God. If you were to ask God, God, especially before you read, help me to see what you're trying to say to me today, I guarantee you, every time, God will show you. Because here's my question, why would he not? Why would God not want you to understand his word? So you're just a prayer away. You're a question away, God. What does this mean? So this is what Jesus is doing. Now, in verse 3, the parable starts. Look at what it says. Now listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the year came and devoured it. Now back in the day, they didn't have like tons of acreage like we see today. Like if we were to pop on the one and head towards Los Osos or, or whatever the case may be, like you see these massive farms. They didn't always have that. So what you would see is you would see a farmer and he'd walk around and there would be like a path that he would walk around and he would have some seed and he would just throw it out on the side of the roads. Some of the road was rocky terrain. Some of it like it just described right here was, was kind of hard. And so he would broadcast and some of it would fall on. Just yesterday we were coming back from Sacramento I did a wedding on Friday, and then Vanessa spoke at a church luncheon on Saturday, and we tried to tame a new baby in a hotel room for three days. Um, pray for me. What is, what, yeah, no, I'm good. So, we, were, we stopped halfway in Santanella, because when you have a baby, you have to stop halfway to feet and burp and walk around, so they have to go back to bed again if you want that ride to be enjoyable. If you plan on having children, listen up. Don't mess with nap time. So anyways, we stopped over, and we're walking in the mission right there in Anella, on a road just like this. They, they, they paved the whole thing. They have got it all manicured. But as I was walking and thinking about this message, it was just so funny, I'm walking on this road. It felt like concrete, but it was very compact dirt. And I could tell that because if I just scuffed my feet a little bit, it would come up. And so I can imagine in this story that as that sower was going out to sow, you could see the seed almost hit the ground and literally just come up, well, some of it would begin to fall off. And so at that point, what would happen is the birds would come, and the birds would eat it. That's the first one. Look at verse 5. Now some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. So Jesus said, this is the second type of condition of the ground. Now... How this was, is imagine a very light topsoil, and not big rock, but but limestone rock. You ever seen limestone rock? Kind of spread amongst the dirt. So there was some seed, and it fell there. But it wasn't deep enough for anything to take root. So Jesus goes there. Verse 7. Let's go to the next one. Now some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30 fold, some sixty, and some one hundred. And he said to them, watch here, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right there the parable ends. So Jesus is talking about this different seed that fell on different types of soil. But it ends right there. And he says to them, because again, he's doing ministry different. He says, if you have ears to hear, hear. Well, then it ends there. Now, after this, it's the disciples. that get with Jesus and they go, okay, what does this mean? Like... Imagine being the disciples too. I think they asked that a lot, by the way. When you read the disciples, I don't think they got too many things together. They had really good moments and really off moments, just like you and I do. I think when you read about the disciples, you determine that I could probably be one of them. Because in one moment, I've got it all good. And the next minute, what in the world just happened and why did I forget? You guys, am I the only one? You're staring at me weird. Okay, good. It's like, remember the fish and loaves, mass miracle, on the boat, storm comes baskets on the boat with some bread. They forgot how good and big Jesus was and they got fearful. He just did that. Why are you worried about that? It's the same in our lives. God does something really good. Life goes really good. Something bad happens. We forget the good. We're freaking out right here. What are we going to do? We're we're no different than the disciples. Some of you though, you're Peter. (laughs) Some of you, you're Thomas. Stay away from that Judas guy. Don't go there. We're all like that. So the disciples pull him aside. What, what, master, what does this mean? So what Jesus does is he tells them the secrets of the kingdom. And he talks about how to be given to them. In Mark chapter 4, verse 10, you can follow along. It says, but when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside... All things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. I want you to hear this. This is mightily important. When a person, when you and I have been given revelation from God, we've got to act upon it. When God shows us something in His Word that speaks to your situation and to your life, you can't just hear it. You have to do it. And that goes for a lot of things in our lives, in a lot of different areas. When you take the time day in and day out to read God's Word, I I love it. Mornings to me are my favorite. I love being up early. But I'm in the YouVersion Bible app. Anybody use the YouVersion Bible app? I know it's different than the Read Scripture app, but I've got guys in our church, and guys that don't even even go to church. It's super fun. We're in devotions every single day on the phone. We have different plans that we pick. And with some guys, because of what's going on in their life, we're reading this one. And then for another group of guys, they're married, so we're doing ones on marriage. And for other people, we're doing one with kids. And it's one of the funnest things that I do because every single day I I read my devotions and I put down what stood out to me. And then later on throughout the day when they read theirs, they, they put what stands out to them and we're growing together. But my favorite part about it is this, is when a guy says, hey, I just read this and I had no idea I should be doing this. Today I start doing this. I won't share with it because it's personal to some of the guys, but like God shows them something and they respond to it. Earlier in this service, I didn't have it planned for us to take a moment to ask God to check our hearts and forgive us. But I felt God lead me that way. Now, if I would have felt God lead me that way, as I'm talking to you, God is kind of putting stuff up in here, which sometimes is why you guys look at me weird, because you're like, you're not making sense. I'm trying to hear what he's saying while I'm speaking to you. It happens sometimes. It's the same way how you can be in a conversation with someone, but you're thinking something else, but you still know what they're saying. It's the same thing. Now, I felt God say, stop for a moment and pray. Now, what if I would have ignored that? I would not be acting upon what God is saying. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to do. So when you read something in the Bible that puts its finger in your face a little bit, I know we don't like that, right? We don't like when, you know, especially when people get up in our face and, like, actually say what is actually the truth, and they're trying to help us be better. And they do that, and we don't like that. But what if it was the Holy Spirit saying, you need to check your heart. You need to watch how you speak to people. You need to have integrity. Well, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to act upon it. That's what's going on right here. Jesus is giving, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this parable. Jesus is saying, here's what I want you to know. The disciples are going, what is this exactly? And then it begins to happen as we begin to go on. Jesus begins to help them understand the parable. Now, if you don't know what this parable is about, you're going to know right now. Sound good? I've got four points. Three points plus one. It's a bonus day at Canyon Hills, San Luis Obispo. (laughs) You are welcome. Let me tell you what these different soils mean, okay? Jesus speaks here, about four soils that represent the condition of your heart and my heart upon hearing God's word so when God is speaking to us the condition of our heart by this parable what Jesus is saying to these people is here's the condition of your heart when God's word is being spoke number 1 is you have the hard heart that's the first soil mark 4:13 and he said to them do you not understand this parable How then will you understand all the parables? It's amazing he says that because this one has to do with his word and God speaking. So he's saying if you don't understand how God speaks, all the other parables you're going to read, you guys read them this week if you're following along, all these other parables will not work unless you understand this one. So this is mightily important. So if you were to go backwards and read the other parables, you won't understand them unless you get this one. So he's saying you got to understand it. The sower sows the Word. You know what I am today? I'm a sower. My youth pastor would tell me all the time, Rich, you can call yourself a youth pastor. So when I was a youth pastor. You can call yourself a youth pastor, whatever you want. He said, your goal every single day is to sow seed into the lives of people. He says, that's your job. Sow seeds of kindness. Sow seeds of your time. Sow seeds of generosity. Sow seeds of comfort. Just sow seed God takes care of the rest. That's what I am every single week, just broadcasting some seed. Some of it's gonna fall on good soil, hard soil, all the stuff, but the sower sows seed. Now I'm gonna say something real quick. The sower, me. I'm not a big deal. Did you know that? Now don't answer that too confidently. No, I'm not see a lot of times we get caught up on how the sower is presenting the word watch here, this is by the way I'm confident in who I am, I don't mean that boastfully or egotistically I'm confident in how God's wired me, but did you know a lot of people miss out on what God is trying to say to them because they're so caught up on how it's being presented didn't tell enough stories today, didn't get me laughing (laughs) that was a waste of time, I've heard that I've done that I've sat where you've sat. Larry will know and Kareem will know. You guys will know. When you're a pastor and you sit down and you listen to other people, if you're not careful, you will miss out on what God's saying. Because we get caught up on how it's presented. That guy's wearing a t-shirt in church. How dare he? It's kind of a designer t-shirt though, okay? It's got a swoop. What I'm saying is, Jesus is actually pointing out something here that's very important. The Word is the bigger deal, not just the person giving it. That's why I tell people all the time, don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Because I might fail you. But if your eye is always on Jesus, you'll never be let down. Does that make sense? So the sower sows the Word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Immediately. And he takes away the word that was sown into their hearts. Remember where it talked about how if it fell on the ground, the bird came and picked it up immediately. So what is, this, what is this heart condition? This is the person who has no interest. I know it's not in here, by the way. At least I hope so. This person has no interest in the word of God. It's like when you speak to them about God's goodness, they turn you off. You ever been there before? Listen, if you're, if you're trying to reach people for Jesus, you should be in conversations with people about Jesus. And I understand that looks different. But have you ever had a conversation with someone? All of a sudden they say, hey, I, I, man, I had a really bad weekend. Man, I had a family member. They, they passed away. Maybe you're in the break room, right? And all of a sudden you say, man, I, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, no, I believe that, that God will be your comforter. And boom, they shut you off. You ever been there before? Man, that's difficult. That's the hard heart. That's the person who says, I don't care about God. I don't believe in God. That Bible is nothing. I want nothing to do with God. It's a very hard heart. Now, let me just tell you what we do as believers in this point. Because we do have something on our side that they don't. God. And God can reach a hard heart. So when you encounter a person who has a hard heart or is turned off from the gospel... Can I just tell you what you need to do in that moment? They become your prayer project. You start to pray for them, and then you ask God to use you in a way to help reach them. When a person has a hard heart, that's what it's going to take. It's like taking a shovel or, you know, if you have to do some hard ground, right? You're going to grab some water, you're going to grab a pick, and just start to what? To break it up. Here's what I've learned. prayer. And time will help soften a hard heart. You ever been there before? It works. Don't get caught up, well, they're not listening to me now. They might later on. So it's a hard heart. Number two is the shallow heart. Now, Jesus is going a little bit deeper here. You have the shallow heart. Verse 16 These likewise are the ones that are sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately, They receive it with gladness. Oh, this is, watch here. And they have no root in themselves, and so it endures for only a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. Remember, this was the seed that had a little bit of topsoil, had some lime rock, couldn't get deep enough, and then the sun comes and it scorches it out. Have you ever been in a church service? where something spoke to your heart, that all of a sudden you were encouraged, you were challenged, and you walked out of those doors saying, I'm making a change today. God is so good. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You ever been there? And then you get in your car. (laughs) You know where I'm going. And you may get out of this street really good, but you ain't getting out of that street very good. And all it takes is for one person to cut you off. That joy is gone. Or it takes a call from a family member. Or something just happens. And all of a sudden that one thing that God challenged you in that you were so excited about, that joy that you had left. It's because there's no root. It's the shallow heart. That's the heart that says, God I will serve you when things are good and when things are bad." God, where are you? It's a shallow heart. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, but that is the case. God is good when things are good. Why God when everything is bad? There's no depth of God's word in their heart. God is just as good in the good as he is in the bad. Because he's never changing. He's God. So there's a shallow heart. Let's Come on, let's be real. You ever, you ever had a shallow heart before? Good, I'm raising my hand, and this hand, and three. If I do this one, I'll fall. It's a shallow heart. So, so Jesus says, look, there's no root. So therefore, I know this kind of rhymes, and I'm white. I shouldn't do that. But because there's no root, there is no fruit. In other words, you're not bearing things in your life. There's no consistency. It's up and it's down as Nate comes. Nate comes. Now, this next one might speak a lot of people's language, okay? So if you've got anything in your hands that is not a Bible, a notebook, or a phone, please do not throw it at me. Number three is going to be the crowded heart. Notice what he says in verse 18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the Word, and it becomes unfruitful. I think this is the one that could hit a lot of us. In other words, this is the one who hears the Word, but they're just too busy for God. Just too busy for the things of God. There's too much going on. Things are too crowded. I've got, God, I've got a full agenda today. I'm sure you understand. You're God. You've got a lot on your plate too. So I'm, I'm, please forgive me, I don't mean this really. But God, I'm busy today. I'll get to you if I have some time. It's the crowded heart. God don't you see that I have a career? I got to build this life, Lord. Or, come on, let's come on. Everyone smile at me. Smile, smile, smile. Or there are just a lot of other things that seem a lot more fun er, I know, improper English, you're good, than spending an hour with you, Lord. Lord, I'd, I'd much rather watch this or do that or be involved here. Now I know this is tough. Now listen to me. There are some things that are out of your control. I understand that. There are times when your job is going to demand a lot more of you. I, listen, I get that. But respectfully I will say you still have the same 24 hours in a day that everybody else has. And the crowded heart says everything has to come before and God can have what's left. Can I just tell you, God is not into leftovers. Neither am I, by the way, ask Vanessa, and my mom. You did not have to laugh that hard, Mom. I, I, I think this is the one right here, guys, that, that we all have to be mindful of, myself included. There are gonna be times when God is calling us to separate from things, to press into him more. And the greatest thing you could ever do is press into God more. He's the one who's leading you there in the first place. And there's got to be a reason that He's leading you there in the first place. He's trying to show you something. Sometimes God is saying, hey, what you've done for the past 10 years, it's time to elevate that a little bit. Like, I mean this very respectfully, stop, stop drinking milk. I feel like, I know it's, it, it comes from the Bible. Just go with me, okay? I'm sorry I think this way. Stop, stop your 2% silk milk, whatever. And God's saying, it's time to eat some filet mignon. That sounds good, right? Right? Yeah. We got table for six today. We're going over to the Black's house. I'm so happy. Yeah, I love it. We had people this morning at the park doing their table for six. It's so cool. You know what that is? That, that's saying, hey, I got I to gotta connect with the body here i got to be challenged in God's word. I'm stepping away from, from milk, and man, it's time to eat some meat. I think God wants to get some of us to the place where what we've been doing has been great. God is good. You're still connected. But God's saying, man, I have, I have more for you. Can you just press in a little bit more? Like, like, can you just, you know, turn off that show? It's a great show. You can watch it later. Can you just give me an extra hour today? Matter of fact, can you just stop everything, go for a walk, and just tell me what's on your heart? Can you stop letting the things of life choke out your relationship with me? Can you put me first? Can you trust me? But for some, they can't. Their heart's too crowded. So you may be hearing that going like, okay. No, no, for some of you, you may be hearing that. You're like, yeah, that's me. That's mm, Yeah, I got way too much going on. You know what you can do? Ready? Say No matter of fact, do it. Say no. One, two, three. Oh my gosh, you just did it. So good. Say no to something. You know what? I've determined that if you want something more from God, you have to say no to something so you can say yes to something. So what is it in your life that you can cut out that's making your life just a little too crowded? Cut it out. God's leading you to do so. So that must mean he's got something really good. Amen? It's the crowded heart. So those are the ones that we have going on. Now Jesus gets down, and we'll skip through some verses here, and I want to go to four, verse number or point number four, and then close. Lastly is you have the good heart. I, I love this one. The good heart. Mark 4 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they accept it. I love that part. God speaks, they go, yep, He's God. I believe that. That's a good heart to have. And they bear fruit. Some thirty fold, some sixty, some one hundred. When you hear God's word, and maybe God's word says to you, hey, you know what? You might have a crowded heart today. And you say, yes, that's me. Right? In other words, you hear it, you accept it, and then you do something about it. You go home today. And you say, okay, here's my calendar. Here's my schedule. Here's what's required of me. And you start filling it out. And then you say, this right here. This is the moment that nobody else gets. This is me in God's time right here. If you were in our men's group over the summer, like, put God on your calendar. You put everything else on your calendar, so put them in your calendar. And don't let anybody get it. That's God's time. If you're Dave, not only does he blow the show for her and sing and all that other stuff, guy goes on hikes. In Moro Black Hill, right? That was called Black Hill. And he tells me about it. Puts on worship music. I hope it's okay that I say this. It's too late. I already started. Uh, and he talks with God every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. Now people get to join him. Gary's gone. I haven't gone yet. I need to go. But he connects with God. What, what in your schedule? Where can you say, hey God, I'm connecting with you more right here. Because I don't want to have a life that's too crowded for you, God. You've been too good to me. Has God been good to you? God, you've done so much for me. Has God done something for you? Spend time with him. You'll only be better because of it. Amen? Amen. So here's the last thing I'll say because I've been speaking for 42 minutes, 51 seconds. Okay, I got to stop. I'm almost losing my attention. Listen, (laughs) you guys laugh at it. I'm serious. Listen, what fruit? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all things for out of it spring the issues of life. So do I have a hard heart? Do you have a hard heart? Then there's the other heart. Then there's the distracted heart, the crowded heart, the good heart. How do I know? I'll tell you how you know. Because you produce good fruit. What do you mean by fruit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me say that again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control control, towards other people, towards God. Do you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? That's how you know that you've heard the Word of God, you've accepted it, and it returns a reward. Some 30, some 60, some 100, based on love, joy. Peace. Oh, number four is good. Patience. Anybody need some patience? Woo! Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Can anybody use some kindness? Can anybody give some kindness? If you hear God's word and accept it, you'll give kindness. People may not deserve it, but you'll give it anyway because you've got God, and that separates you. Amen. Human kindness. Be human. Be kind. It's not just a catchy t-shirt or a little plaque on your wall. It's really important. Because it's the kindness of the Lord that leads you to repentance. And your kindness towards somebody else might just lead them to the Father. Amen. Would you stand with me today?